Yeah, welcome everybody back to another episode of Chilling with Chief. You heard always representing that CPE podcast gang. You already know how it is. Make sure you go over there, subscribe, like, run those numbers up on Spotify. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And as everybody knows, Chilling with Chief is a little special thing that I do outside of CPE where I like to interview up and coming artists and stuff like that. And today I'm joined by uh, a member who was actually a part of one of my episodes. Uh, make sure you go back there and check that one out. Can't remember exactly what number it was, but either way, though, I am here with my brother Aphrodisiac, yo. How you doing, yeah. today, my brother? I am good today. I'm good today. You know how it is. Just good, relaxed, and heavily melanated. That's right. I like that. <laughs> All right, man. So listen, we're going to do this. We're going to do this a little something like this, man. I want you to start off by telling the people where you're from and tell the people about your upbringing out there. Uh, so, I'll, I'll make it sweet. You know, I'm from Jersey, the Garden State. Uh, I Growing up, I'll say I lived on 28. 28 is um, a highway because, first off, I'm from Jersey, but even better, Central Jersey. That's right. It's a real fucking place. Mm-hmm. Got this year. Fuck what all y'all niggas be talking about. Now, the part of Central Jersey I live on is called 20. Well, I call it 28 because that's the highway I grew up on. Slash growing up, I didn't have any one settled place. I grew up going from basement to basement type shit as a kid. Uh-huh. So growing up homeless at times and shit like that, I just said I lived on 28. Which is the Somerville, Boundbrook, Plainfield, Denellen, Middlesex, Ridgewater, and all that shit for anyone that knows the area. Yeah. Um ironically enough, growing up. <laughs> ooh, okay, so first off, I'll say I'm the only oldest child of my siblings, meaning rest of peace to my dad who did pass away in August. Oh, uh rest of peace. He and my mom, I'm the only one of, you know, that combination there. But outside of that, I have three siblings from my mom and then two other siblings with um from my dad. So that's why I, like, I started calling myself the only oldest because, you know, I am. If you would, like, look at it, it'd be like, okay, yeah, you're a single child. But because I'm also the eldest of all my other siblings, you know, I'm the oldest. So it was always a good line of I know they won't fully understand me, my siblings at times, because obviously as the oldest, you see your parents in a different light in different stages. And as, you know, your parents, you know, even though my separated when I was four and then my stepdad came into my mom's life and since then, and it's been, you know, smooth, mm-hmm. but because they obviously don't see the things that I got to see at a young age. My interpretation of life is very different from their interpretation. Mm-hmm. So growing up, it was always, you know, decently good. I would always have like a smile, trying, you know, just get through normal day. Now, there are many people <laughs> and those who probably may see this, you know, episode that would be like, you were homeless. And I'm like, yeah, like it was until like this year where I actually started talking about growing up homeless and living in different church members' basements mm-hmm. than living inside the... <laughs> so, as a kid, 
you know, this is the one good thing that I did love about church is the close-knit, you know, community that we had. So we were able to sleep in basements of other church members, ah, 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 until our church like, yo, we just refurnished this little apartment in the third floor. And that's where me, my stepdad, mom, and three siblings live for how I place it from third grade to sixth grade. So for three years, okay. off of this small little apartment up in the church. Now, the downside of living in the church is that you can't fake, like, oh, I can't go to church. Nigga, you just walked out. Just walked out. <laughs> the- oh, oh you was- grew up in a uh, church background, huh? Yeah, heavy, heavy. And this is the funny, ironic part, because growing up, I was not, when I was living with my mom, I was not allowed to listen to hip-hop and R&B. Mm. But predominantly on Motown and gospel. Okay. Only reason I was able to listen to rock music as a kid was because I started wrestling in third grade. And obviously wrestling being, well, at least especially back then, being a predominantly, you know, white heavy sport, they would always be playing rock music. Mm-hmm. And since my stepdad, who, you know, he was the one that got me into wrestling, was like, okay, you could listen to like what they listen to there. So then that's why I started getting into rock music. And, you know, that's why my own musical tasting started to really take over from there. Okay. And by listening to gospel, <laughs> and this is the funny part, is the first time I really listened to rap at my mom's house was when I listened to like KJ52, because he was like a Christian rapper, kind of decently good at that time period. But since me, only time I listened to rap at all was when I would go to my dad's house. Mm-hmm. They would be playing like 106 Park. They, they were some G-Unit heavy-ass motherfuckers, 57. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boy, that's why I was always connected to certain things because I would go, you know, do the weekends to my dad's place, Nana's house, all the cousins. We all, you know how be at Nana's, like 10 of us sleeping on like a couch together, sleeping wherever, you know, having good family meals, big, good, you know, any typical family shit. And from just music wise, that was the shaping of me of listening to rock, gospel, Motown. Like I love, like my favorite album as a kid was um Kurt Flink's second album, and I think it was the skits that got me in. Okay, that because anyone that grew up during during like that nineties, we all remember the Golden Skits era. Like mm-hmm. to me, those were some of the greatest skits ever, and that's something that I really do miss in music nowadays. Like, bruh. Where the fuck the skits at? Like the <laughs> fact that we still be calling like Kanye West bro five broke shit mm-hmm. and other random shit. Like there are certain things I didn't realize came from like ODB skits or didn't come from like little not like not little Nas, like some from Nas, some from like uh Biggie Ready to Die skits, iconically. Uh and it's like that's why I feel like a lot of disconnect comes from with music nowadays is that niggas can't put together like skits and all that shit really well. And I think that's what's missing sometimes. But growing up. You think that's all that's missing in hip hop nowadays? Uh, well, there's, well, there's, well, there's a lot. <laughs> Look, we, 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 we could talk. We, we're we're going to go deeper into it. But that's like, for me, is like a very big part because that truly shows how much of an artist you really are. Mm-hmm. To be able to put a story within a story and keep it all interwoven together where it's free-flowing. And it's not like it's randomness. It's just there. And then you, then when you play back certain albums and you really listen and pay attention, it's like, damn, that shit just hit differently. Mm-hmm. Which for me, 
Late Registration is my favorite Kanye album because of that, because of thinking like, oh, I got degrees. I got degrees, degree, degree. And like just playing it in my head and like going through life. And I look back from like me, you know, going to college and shit like that. It's like, damn, it's really, just, it's really just like that on some dumb shit. Like nobody ever gets tired of like the true, mar- like, yes, it's good to be running and keep moving and having that marathon, your thought. But it's like, what's the true finish line? Mm-hmm. I'll stop like death itself. Like that shit, you know, made me think a lot. And it's like, huh, that's not as culture as I think many people really try to grasp on. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. No, mm-hmm. right. <clears throat> so um let's just go back real quick though. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So you said um predominantly when you was growing up in your mom's house, it was no hip hop allowed, right? So it was just nothing but Motown classic you know um records like that right so you said yep. when you go to your dad's house you started listening to uh hip-hop right mm-hmm. so what what age were you would you say was your um earliest memories of hip-hop and, and where you felt like it, it, it was a bug for you it was definitely kanye when it kanye broke through okay like i get where now like he like it's like come on bro like kanye you doing too much bro you <sighs> like come on bro just <laughs> fuck up keep making music like like bro if this shit like if all your sanity popped out like it did for like the former artists mm-hmm. like, 50 years down the road that's like oh damn bro we couldn't do nothing but now it's like damn it's real time it's right in front of our faces and it's like it's hard to like you know try to navigate that shit but Kanye for me was that first Real taste because that was the first rapper that at least I saw mainstream wise. Because, like I said, I wasn't allowed to dig through and find like my own personal taste. Was the first non street rapper mm-hmm. that was like accepted fully mainstream and even had my own Christian ass parents, <laughs> like you know, turn their ear to him. Like when the Jesus, Jesus Walk um, song came out, oh my. Ooh, that was a whole sermon my stepdad worked on. I was like, like you know when you see those funny memes of like the church pastor, no, the youth pastor, you know, saying, you know how Jesus walked for you. Well, that's what basically my dad did with breaking down Jesus walk on some shit like that. And that was my hey man, you first... telling me he broke down Jesus walk bars at church? Man, look. Okay, so my dad, so... Well, stepdad for this one, so I gotta differentiate just to you know respectfully on it. My stepdad, he he fresh out the boat, Jamaica. Like his family came over <laughs> from Jamaica when he was a kid up to New York City. Okay. So his favorite rapper growing up was DMX. Mm. I like so, that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but like my stepdad, trust me, I love that. I love that man to the death of me. Like if there's anyone I could say was the most positive male influence on my life. It was definitely him. Like, if he was not in my life, I don't know where the fuck I would really be mm. at all. And him, like, of course he didn't put me on to no DMX, DMX as a kid. No, especially like, not at that time. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah. But it wasn't until, like, I really got older. And, like, he did, like, open up to me saying, like, yeah, I listen to DMX a lot. Uh-uh. And I finally got to listen to DMX. And, like, when I was in my own little dark space, that's why I really listened to, like, uh hell is hot it's dark and hell is hot yep 
And, and that's also where she gets in my own head really kicked in again, too, where it's like, mm-hmm. bro. Yes, for sure. They, I think that whole entire Rough Rider era for the skits was fucking epic, man. Yo, even from Jaw Rule, to like, mm-hmm. all, like that was the, like that was the one thing that I really missed and love about that era, which is how everyone was just doing them skits and they just just the sequencing level, the stories they put together, how they fit the songs in, interwoven. Like in the beginning, you may have your like, radio hits up front. Or maybe in the back end of it, but that good middle chunk was a pure story that they were telling. Yeah, and that was just beautiful. So, yeah, he was a major DMX fan, and so for him, hearing Kanye doing what he did, you know, it was easy for him because he grew up. You know, I want to get so he grew up in Long Island, is where his family was at first. Long Island, New York. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember taking the train out there as a kid. As a kid, seeing um, seeing all that family out there, I was like, "Oh wow, that's some cool shit." Granted, mm-hmm. I did end up going to um college a bit up in New Rochelle, New York. So it was like, "Oh uh, okay." So it was like I knew I had family close enough to where, like, if I really had to run out there, I knew like I could be cool. Or even when I had, so my dad, he's also a twin. Okay. So he had his um his twin brother at that time was living like in Manhattan, I think. So either way, I knew it was always good. Um so yeah, he broke down the Kanye shit. Like when he said, What, what was the one that stuck out to me? He's like, Jesus doesn't really walk with you, but it's more like you're walking with him in a sense. Like to where Kanye's like, nah, Jesus is riding along with me. He's like, No, you're on the ride with him in that mm-hmm. sense. And like, and then he did say like the devil does be trying to break you down sometimes and try to uh, uh, uh on it. And I was just sitting there like, huh, that's some poetic ass shit. Mm-hmm. And then past Kanye, Lil Wayne was the next one for real, for real. Cause now this is where I always say this is why to me, Wayne truly is the goat. So Wayne is the goat. Yeah, to me, he is the goat. All right, Here. I won't argue with you because that is your opinion. Well, this well, this is how I like to break it down to people, but I'll get into my other part of it um, later when I tell you like, like my own major influences of the shit. Yeah, how I rap and why I do what I do. So after sixth grade, I moved to um, a town right down the street into an actual duplex called Middlesex. Now that is pure white suburbia. Mm-hmm white it's like white bread white bread oh no <laughs> so, I'm, I'm familiar yeah so growing up there they would be blasting Lil Wayne out the ass and I'm like and me come from where I come from and like how I grew up at the first place I'm like thinking man like why the fuck are y'all playing Lil Wayne mm-hmm. like, like that was like the ultimate like shock to I'm like these motherfuckers really blasting rap like this mm-hmm that like not just like rap, but like the same shit like my cousins on the block will be blasting doing what they do, but then they come to suburbia and seeing that they're doing the same shit. Well, not like the exact same shit, but like music wise, mm-hmm. it was like okay, I guess okay. Mm-hmm. But then also once again because they were always playing it, it gave me my own to listen to it with them as well. Because yeah, I, was, I think the one thing about music is that music has no boundaries. 
like especially when it when it comes to like culture and 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 race you know um because mm. i'm pretty sure that it like myself i listen to a lot of like um japanese music you know um specifically like anime um music you know yeah. so and yeah. a lot of times i don't I mean of course because i've been watching anime since i was young so i know a couple of words here and there you feel me so i mm-hmm. but like i don't really know what they're actually saying on the songs all the time so that for me you know it's just it catches my ear you know same thing when it comes to like um any type of language you know um that's i i just i just love music music is it has no boundaries that's how i feel no facts like anime wise this was one this was really one of the first mangas i started reading as a kid what is that i can't see it, it was blurred out oh, my God. uh that man wonderland okay fucking loved it so me i also watched anime since i was a kid too mm-hmm. love like my favorite anime of all time one Piece. Been watching that shit since I was a kid. Oh, God. <laughs> Look, boy, if you ever in a situation and you think, well, Luffy whooped my ass over this, do the opposite <laughs> motherfucking thing. No. <laughs> nah. I ain't even gonna lie. I, I, I just started watching One Piece earlier this year. Um... Mm-hmm. But I didn't make it too far, and then I started now. I started back up recently, though, um, because my youngest son he started watching it over. So the I'm like, yeah, you feel me? Feel yeah. it. Let me ask you a question real quick, though. Uh, speaking yeah. of One Piece, did you see the live action? Oh yeah, yeah psh, boy. What did you look, think of oh. it? Oh, oh shit! I don't even know why they ain't... boy. Look, I'm so look. I got posts. I got the all the one posters up to date, boy. Like when I say I am a like. One Piece is really my life. So when it comes to a live action, they actually did they did way better justice than I thought it was gonna be. Mm. But that's because Oda himself and everyone who was already part of the manga and anime had their whole foot in that mud because they knew. Cause that was like the main thing, like me and all my other like major fans about the show. It was like sitting here like One Piece is a little way too, you know. If you watch the show, even past like the first little couple of episodes, you realize how crazy. Ooh, excuse me, how crazy it really is and gets like mm-hmm. from Luffy's powers to like some of the feats that they pull off. Like when they went to All on Park, like I was really thinking, like, yo, how are they about to pull some of this shit out their ass? Now they didn't do everything with that happened, you know, in the anime wise, which obviously that shit would have been crazy hard to pull off. Yeah. But they did it enough just to where you're like, yeah. Like when they still had that walk in the walk down scene mm-hmm. when he put his hat off. What he put it on on Anami? Yeah. Yo, <laughs> hey, yo, oh, that's a yo. I like I swear that was one of the that was the moment where I had where I say to people, like, if you do not feel something at that moment when Luffy, Z- Sanji, Zoro, and Usa be walking like real ass niggas saying, Nama, we got this, we handling this business. Yeah. Like, see, and that's what like I think many people sometimes misunderstand, especially for people that watch anime since they were kids. Like a lot of my principles are tied from like the shows I watch. Mm-hmm. Like my sense of like, my sense of friendship heavily comes from shows like Rony Kenshin, One Piece, you One of my favorite animes, Rony Kenshin. Exactly. Uh, Wolf's Rain was one of my first animes I watched as a kid. Big O. Um, mm. I think. Shaman King as a kid. Like, things that, like, really impact me enough to where I could say, yeah, if you watch these shows, 
you will know why I am the way I am. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't throw fairy tale in that lane of friendship. Yeah, I hate that show with the power. I hate that show with passion. Like that's that's the thing with me. If you don't have consequences in your shit, you lose me. All right, all right, I get it. Cause like, like, bro, like, nah, they have the consequences though. Like, they they got uh, some shit. The Jill should have been dead about forty million times, and that nigga somehow kept coming back. Like, bro, let that nigga die. <laughs> I, get I get it. He's still dragging and shit, but no, that nigga should have been dead. About 40 million times. And what really made me drop that show had to be when uh, Urza was fighting her mom. And she got the dub just because, like, her mom, like, felt bad and said, you know what, take this dub. And I'm like, nah, I'm done. I can't. Nah, I'm sorry. All right, what about Black Clover? Okay, yes, I do like Black Clover. I do love Black Clover. That's one of my favorites right now. Are you caught up with Jujutsu Kaisen? Oof. I don't read the main for that because I just watched the show for that one because I was like, yeah, I'm going to let the animation do the animation for this one because I'm already reading, you know, One Piece. I be letting that shit build up. Then I watch, I read, you know, other shit. So I was like, you know, I'll just keep this one anime only for me. And woof. Like, even the shit that I get from my other manga readers that, like, tell me shit. I'm like, God damn, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, then I'll be excited to see that shit animated. And I'm like, oh, man, this shit about to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but listen, let's get off of anime, man, because, you know, um, we just went off on a little tangent, but it's I, I always get, like, you know, hype when I hear about people who watch anime, too. I'm like, where are you? I bet. Yeah, like, if you listen to my music, there are a lot of anime references. No, for sure, yeah. Into what I do. Yeah. So That's like, Sometimes when people miss certain things in context, mm-hmm. I say, because I, like, do it so subtly, or I will make certain things, like, really bully to understand it, but at the same time, it's like... If you don't watch it, then it's like, fuck is this nigga really saying? It's like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you a question, right? So you're how old? You're 28 years old, right? I just turned 29. 29, okay. Happy birthday. Happy belated. Thank you. Yeah, wait. It was, was just like like last week, right? Uh, I was born on the greatest and worst day of hip-hop ever. September 13th. 13th. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Wait, I don't know what, but yeah, either way, um, damn, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so um, so you're 29 years old, right? So what age were you? I would say when you uh first wrote your first song, like at least started putting lyrics on pad. That's why the funny. Okay, so for that one i had to also once again shout out my mama for teaching me how to read and write from a very young age mm-hmm. so for me shout i always mama dukes so for me i always wrote like i would i was always a writer like i grew up writing poetry a lot cuz like i said mm-hmm. i grew up in the old town shit so like for me it was like okay i hear what they're saying and stuff so i never really put words to music at a young age but i was really good with just writing out a whole poem Mm-hmm. Like, I could sit down. Hell, I can even right now knock out a quick little poem. I could think of, like, two or three words, and then I'll just <clears throat> expand a whole thing about it. Or, like, even as a kid, I would write stories. Like, I wrote whole books mm-hmm. as kid because that was just how my imagination, like, how my world worked for me. But the first time I ever sat down and said, like, yeah, this is going to be a song, had to be one day with my boy Rashad one day. I think it was like after like Bible study or some shit. And 
you know, him, he was like, yeah, you know, you can try rapping or ah, ah. So I was like, okay, let me just write, you know, write a little song. But the thing is, is I didn't know rap as much, but I listened to a lot of rock music. That was like my heavy influence of how I wrote that. Mm-hmm. So like, look at what I wrote. He's like, how do you rap this? I was like, rap it. What you, <laughs> because like, I didn't put two and two together at that time. Mm-hmm. space. So that was technically the first time I really put that pen and pad in the thought of like, oh, this is a song. But I didn't think of rapping, rapping at that point of time. Mm-hmm. So what but, age was it when you when you thought about starting to rap? I would always kick freestyles randomly with my cousin when I was young. But I didn't really sit down and say, oh, I could rap rap until about, I want to say 23, 24. Oh, okay. I really sat down with myself because, and this is part of the journey of my own awakening, I would say, was when I went to Lincoln University, you feel me? Shout out to the 1854, orange and Blue. Mm-hmm. My, the class that got me thinking heavy about it was um, black my Black Arts class, where we went over a lot of like the Han Renaissance era, um, a lot of the, actually, this is the book that I got from the class that I still kind of look at and read every day. It's called SOS Calling All Black People, uh, Black Art Movement Read, uh, you know, put together by John H. Bracey, Sonia Sanchez, and James Smithert. So it's a lot of different um, excerpts from like the Black Panthers, the Nation, and a bunch of other people, influence-wise. And it was a whole class just talking about Black art in general. And, like, by me being in the class, reading the works of, like, Kwame Ture, uh, Gil Scott Heron, uh, Langston Hughes, and just seeing and reading those words over and over again, I just sat there in that class, like, where the fuck is this at, <laughs> like, nowadays? You feel me? Mm-hmm. So then that's when I reached out to um, one of my former high school coaches, and was like asking him like, yo, what like hip hop or whatever wise, you know, is really on some black empowerment or something like that. And that's when he gave me my real deep dive <laughs> of hip hop history of like Public Enemy, uh, Boogie Down Productions, uh, shit. Like basically that really old school 80s New York hip hop era scene. But the group that made me really fall in love with hip hop, that made me want to actually rap and like really try my hand at it, mm-hmm. try to call Quest. Really? Yes. All right. I'm, I'm very much a try. <laughs> like that's why I have so many songs referencing um, a try called Quest. Like I literally have a song called Try. Yeah. Like That's that. actually of your new album. Uh, no, actually, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I had to catch myself because it was meant to be on the album before, but then it got held back by me personally. And then I finally decided, like, yeah, not nah, but yes, that because my favorite, because my true goal for me personally is Five Dog. To me, as soon as I heard Five really? Dog, man, look, if you heard, Five is, 
You know what? We was just having. Sorry to cut you off, but we were just having this conversation um a couple episodes ago um when we had one of our guests on, and it was uh he he actually said that Five Dog was his favorite out of um he said you know despite contrary belief everybody thinks mm-hmm. that Q Tip is better, but it's really Five, and I'm uh-huh. like yo. You're not, and he, he's like, he's like, I know it's an unpopular opinion or that. I'm like, actually, it's not that unpopular. I'm like, you'd be surprised how many people actually agree with you with that. When it comes to being a rapper, Fife is the guy, you know what I'm saying? Q-Tip was nasty too. Don't get it twisted. But Q-Tip was like, he was, he was the, the, the all around guy, you know what I'm saying? He could do everything. Exactly. You know? exactly. Like, that's why he just focused more on the writing. Mm-hmm. As- then that's exactly the same thing I say when I say Big Boy to me is better than Andre sometimes. It's because Big Boy in a more technical sense, and we're talking about like just straight bar, 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 bar up, mm-hmm. would be Big Boy. I think but, we had that conversation when you was on the pod. Yeah, exactly. We had that. Exactly. Me and you agreed on that shit too. Mm-hmm. That's how I could tell who really is about this shit and who's really not because mm-hmm. that's the difference of the essence of it like yeah you could like i do agree andre you know he's nice he'd kill it but if we're talking just on the technical ability side of it big boy is the more traditional you know rapper rapper now does what andre does is fucking yes yeah but that we love andre so much is the same reason why people will put q-tip over fife is because of the fact that he's more versatile mm-hmm. he could do more than just Sit here and just spit a hot 16 crazy. He could also serenade you a bit. He could also give you that poetic kind of feeling of flow yeah. with it. Instead of that more roughish kind of feel. I think it's more or less um it just it just comes down to like styles for people, you know, like because like you just said, like Andre has more of that melodic, he can do all of that extra stuff that big boy doesn't really typically step into that realm, you know what I'm saying? I mean, when he does his little um singing tracks a little you know saying r&b tracks he always got his boy sleepy to come on them joints you know exactly to where andre he could just do an r&b track by himself and it's like damn that's a, that's why when people try to be like oh his solo album is um love below i'd be like like i get why people say it but in the same breath, i'm like i don't know my boy I, I, like the fact that you know like to me a solo solo album would be like what fife and cuba did, which is where it's like legitimately two different works, not two different works, but they put it out together. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's you know, uh, an outcast album. It's just two different. They just decided to be like, okay, I get this half, you get this half. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think I read somewhere recently and, you know, let me know if I'm wrong, guys, or where he said it at. But Andre did come out and say the reason why he never was really able to focus on, like, making a full album is because, like, anxiety or some shit like that he was saying? Yeah, because he has some anxiety and some you, Oh, so you read it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, like, as soon as I read that, like, it just all made sense, and it made me feel better about myself because I also have, like, my own sense of anxiety and depression and shit like that. So I was like, I definitely get what the fuck he's saying, especially with how... Highly people put him up without even putting out a true solo album. Mm-hmm. And God forbid, whatever project he does put out, not everybody's gonna love it. Or oh, I could already tell. Oh, psh, psh. nah, bro. I understand. Boy, you good. Just give us that one little feature every once in a blue moon. Love you, boy. Right in sunset. I respect him. I respect what he does. You know what I'm saying? I, I never take nothing away from him. I just like Big Boy personally more, better. Yeah. Um, But also, the thing I was thinking about, too, is that 
if Andre did come on and give us even like a little 10 piece album, you know what I'm saying? I would be completely satisfied with it. Like, and I already know it's going to be fire because even if he, like, the features he's going to call on, or even down to the, um, if he, if he was doing solo, like, Andre could do it, you know? And, um, we definitely need that Outcast reunion. They was just celebrating, um, the anniversary of Equimini. Equimini, my bad. I don't know why I say Aquamini. See, that's how, <laughs> that's how that shit hit me in my head because what song, was it? Is it Aquaman on that track where Andre really became Andre 3000? You know the show. Yeah. Like, because I think it was him and Big Boy who said Aquaman on the track somehow. And that's why I just stuck in my head like, yeah, Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. It's him and I. Aquaman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yo, yo, I can't lie. Every time I hear that second verse that Andre comes on and just how the fuck he rolled the shit out that month, I was like, yo. I could definitely see when this motherfucker dropped in like 90 whatever mm. and it's on for the first time and they hear Andre on that second one and you're like is that Andre? Mm-hmm. Like, I could definitely see that like astound- astounding moment of like damn that's crazy work mm-hmm. but yeah that's him with the love and then like I said Five Dog for me that's my personal goal that's the reason I rapped the way I rapped in the beginning because mm-hmm. I heard how he was coming I was like, yeah, 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 this is that fun bouncy. And then that's when I got deeper into like the native tongues and shit like that, where it came to like Dayla. So thank God all this shit finally came out. Because mm-hmm. now, because that to me was probably the biggest crime for many people is that they don't understand where a lot of the shit that we have nowadays comes from Dayla. So, oh, yeah. Like sampling, um, sequencing, like a lot of that shit that Q-Tip was able to get done came from um I wanna is it Paul no is his name Paul I'm trying to remember properly the dark skin brother from De La Soul he was the one that helped out Q tip a lot producing wise mm-hmm. and then you know Tribe mm-hmm. was the one that proved the most out of the native tongues and then also love my girl Queen Latifah you know Jersey of course um, and then also that probably the next best thing that I loved when I really got into hip hop was finding out how much of an influence Jersey really has. Oh yeah. And how people try to downplay Jersey a lot. And it's like, bro, hell the biggest song or biggest wave movement happening right now is because of Jersey coming you think, from you think people try to downplay Jersey? I don't think people <laughs> yo, the amount of people who don't know that that um Lauren Hill Treach. Yeah, exactly. All of them are from Jersey. Redmond. Like, Redmond, like um Fetty Watt was one of the last people to really break food from Jersey. All like Naughty by nature. Exactly. Like we have such a deep, rich history of not just hip hop and stuff, or just in general music mm-hmm. or a small ass state that we are. Mm-hmm. Like people, people don't even know. <laughs> How deep this shit like George Clinton from the Funkadelics, they come from Plainfield. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like shit, the funk- Shaq is from Jersey, right? Yep, North. Bam Ab- Abadio, Jersey. Jordan Burroughs, one of the greatest wrestlers in the whole world, Jersey. Like <laughs> Jordan Burroughs. He's um a wrestler. Um, not Olympic, Olympic, Olympic wrestling. Oh, okay, Olympic. okay, okay, okay. That's something I forget. Like people don't <laughs> when I say when I say wrestling to some people, they think WWE so you- now. Olympics. So you like that Olympic style wrestling? Yeah, that's why I grew up on. That's okay. why I did that. You don't. So you don't watch like entertainment like AEW, WWE. 
I did a little bit as a kid, but like, like I said, I'm a wrestler wrestling. So like for me, it was always like a, like what the, f <clears throat> you feel me? But I did love seeing like the Kurt Angle slash Brock Lesnar's doing it because like me, I knew them more from what they did on the mat. But then to see them there doing that, it was like, oh, okay, cool. But then it was like yeah. the amount of people that didn't so know you that. felt like it was okay to do it or watch it? Yeah, sometimes. But the thing is, growing up, I was an aggressive kid. So I would definitely do the moves on other people. So it was like, this yeah, motherfucker we, was we, out there suplexing motherfuckers. Look, shit be fun as hell. Like, that's the thing about being a 90s baby and then growing up. A little bit as that last generation, I just ran around outside and did shit. Yeah, no, it's that it's way different compared to where it was growing up in the nineties. You know, I'm an eighties baby, you know what I'm saying? But growing yeah. up, I, I grew up obviously in the nineties too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I remember like, and that was when I was really outside, like in the nineties, you feel me? So mm -hmm. I love that whole entire era. Like, you know, the nineties, early two thousands is my favorite, like two decades in the last, you know, in all my years of life. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, the only, the one era I really do miss, because I also love Neo Soul a lot, was, like, yo, if I was of adult age during that Neo Soul era, oh, that's the only thing I wish. I wish I was grown in Philly when Neo Soul really buzzed through the scene. I, I, got, I know that shit was different. Every time I try yeah. to ask them about it, they'd be like, yeah, boy, that was a different time. Yo, listen, you know what? I remember because and let me be more specific when I say two thousand early two thousand. I mean like from two thousand to two thousand and ten. That's when no. you, that's what I mean. And when I say my favorite two decades is the nineties, like you know, and then obviously the twenty to twenty ten. And um, bro, listen, two thousand show. I used to be out there in the raves. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Connecticut because I used to live in Connecticut. My mm -hmm. brother, whoo, some fun times, some fun times. That's all mm -hmm. I'm gonna say. Look, look, I could shout look. out to my nigga Los. I met out there too. That's my homie. I still talk to him till this day. Hey, that's love because my boy also lives. Also, shout out to Ja. He's um Stone Eye rapper with as well. He out there in CT. I actually met him via college. And then, you know, we got back on some music tip later in life. And it was like, okay, we here. Okay. Okay. All right. So so wait. So let's get back into music, man. We we we, we all over the place. I know, wait, I know. That's good. We having a good conversation, man. You know, like I said, it's an interview, but more or less, it's just a conversation. You know what I mean? We just gonna kick it. So, um, basically, now that we spoke, oh, no, we didn't even talk about your influences because that's what I really want to know. Where, how? Because I remember when you was on the CPE podcast. You know, what I'm saying shout out to the homies over there, Jordan and Dan. You know, mm -hmm. when you came on, I made. A, I said, "Yo, you look like an Uzi fan." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did you see yeah, the clip yeah. that Dan put together? No, which yo, you gotta see the clip. That's just funny. You gotta watch the episode. <laughs> oh, I got it. Yo, you know what I'm saying? So, um, anyway, so we know about Uzi, right? Who mm -hmm. else, like, who else do you say is some of your influences in hip hop? So, like I said, five heavy, mm -hmm. but the person who really had me realize how to flow properly, and this, this is where my music taste for many people get shocked by. Mm -hmm. Outside of like, I'll say the typical like New York or Philly or even Drake, I do listen to a lot of Jersey rappers as well. Mm -hmm. The way I learned how to flow was listening to Maxo Cream. Really? Max yes. <laughs> the first song I heard from him was Go. Mm -hmm. And just hearing him just 
go young nigga, go dumb nigga, da, 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 da. and just hearing how he, just his cadence and bounce and flow. And then I sat down, really listened to um his project Pumpkin, mm-hmm. which was the first project I listened to by Maxo, and just listened to him and how melodic or how just aggressive he was on it or how he just went in and out or like because the issue that I had because since I grew up writing a lot of poetry I didn't ever and never really pass it over beats like that I had to figure out how do I not become so wordy because that was that's still an issue of mine is that sometimes I'll be too wordy when I write stuff but by listening to Maxo I figured out flow way better and then by using my own you know, flaring of how I talk naturally, and then using how I like how Fife does it, and then also ODB shout out my favorite Wu Tang member. Really? <laughs> yes, OD. Yes, ODB heavy. Mm. Shout out to Wu Tang. I'm about to go see them too. Um, in the next couple of days, man. You know, what I'm saying by the time this episode come out, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come back and I'll recap it on the CPE podcast on that show because I'm going to see Wu and Nas. I'm going to Chicago actually to go fly out there, you know what I'm saying? And um, you know, we did a giveaway at the CPE group, you know, and um my boy actually and thank God that one of the people I'm actually cool with, like, you know, because I would have gave it away to anybody anyway, you know, but it's yeah. somebody who I'm cool with, I'm like, we gonna be able to link together and chill and watch the show, you know what I'm saying? Smoke a little weed out there, you know, so it's gonna be a good time. So yeah. Yeah, that's something else that hurts me, like. Was is the fact like I already know like ODB been dead for like hella long, but it's like also I'm like, damn. Yeah. I would have loved to be like in just a session with him. Like yeah. I know I'll probably skim ahead, like if you're gonna ask me who my people I would love to be in a session with, it would be of course cute, like yo, cute if you ever hear this podcast right here. I'm manifesting right now. Mm-hmm. I'm the whole project by you, my nigga. <laughs> just give me give me a little song tip. I'm look, boy, I will figure it out. Just give me something. Just get it. <laughs> Yeah, like, it would be Tiff, you know, like, literally when Fife died, I really didn't break down in tears. I don't, I ain't gonna lie. I really broke down in full-out tears, because, like, in my house, like, yo, the nigga who really got me into rapping, rapping is dead, and, like, I could never have him randomly hear my track and be like, yo, this this little nigga actually nice with it, so it's like, damn. Mm-hmm. That shit hurt. Uh... So let me think. Master was the one that had me flowing better. And like, and what's funny is that my boys, because <laughs> like I put them on the matchup cream. And then when they would hear me, like my songs, especially when I got better and better, they were like, yo, you sound really like it's not like I sound like them, but they like, yo, you could hear the influence of Ma- like for people that know I listen to Master Cream a lot, and then they hear my music, they're like, okay, yeah, I I hear the cadence or the flow of it. But on twist of how I always say, if if you get influenced by something, that's cool. But influence can only take you so far unless you make it your own and try to figure out what your own pocket really is. And that's what a lot of my early music kind of was, was me trying to find my pocket or that little flow of what really is me. Mm-hmm. And now me at 29... After you know, because obviously I live a good, no, I live a, a good decent life, so I have a lot of influence of my life I could pull from. Mm. So I pull from that, and then put that you know pen to pad down. Like if you look at my phone, I have notes on notes and notes of poems, songs, just randomly threw out. 
So you just and, randomly write all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's how so I became a much better freestyler, too, is because I would just, you know. So we throw away bars. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then you just start saying shit in your head. Like you might like make a funny little joke and just rhyme random words together. But then when you hit that one word and then all of a sudden you fill out like a whole 16, it's like, ah, oh, okay. And then you just keep going and building like that. And that's how I built and sharpened my own skill with myself or whenever I was with my friends. We, you know how it goes, roll up, smoke, throw on a random beat, and we would just yeah. cipher. And something that I always enjoyed was when I would go and I knew I caught their attention with some shit. Or like they would be rocking with me because, like I said, one of my other influences being ODB. That's when I would get more theatrical with the shit. And, you know, get on that, ooh, <laughs> Kind of crazy shit that he would do, and then mixing it with like Buster Rhymes, who I also enjoy a lot of that just crazy chaotic energy that they would bring on the mic was what got me better in the long run. Mm -hmm. Buster is definitely, I think, a huge influence on a lot of people too, though. Oh, yeah, but... and Missy, too. I also, oh, Missy, 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 get your flowers, girl. You deserve all the praise in the world. Yo, that's another big hip hop thing for me. Was Missy Elliott growing up? Mm -hmm. Missy Elliott was a boy. You couldn't go to no party, no dance, no without sitting here and shit, boy. And just seeing the theatricals of her too also gave me that energy of like, yeah, you could come with being that like not like goofy. I don't think it's the right word, but that more eccentric. Like you could be cool, but also funny as shit at the same time with it. And 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 we it's okay to say goofy because we when we say goofy about Missy or or Buster, it's in a and it's in a different light. I think people, yeah, yeah. we don't we don't be like oh that's some goofy shit. Like they did have like shit in their in their videos that was like goofy, like funny. It was meant to be funny, you know. Like that's how I look at it. Like I grew up yeah. with only goofy I knew at one point was <laughs> from fucking uh Disney. You heard. Yeah, I feel that. But that's why I like try to be careful like how I try to phrase God. Like you said, like people will hear goofy and be like, fuck you on. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. Not like that. Yeah. So her and then that's also where I think a lot of people don't give ludicrous his own flowers too, is because he was on that kind of timing too. Because like for real, for real, you listen to Luda and you're like, like, how the fuck he's not in any like in an overall top like 10 like for real because that motherfucker. Well, I don't know about 10. Not for me. Oh, like, okay, okay, yeah, I get, yeah, I get that. But like, but if we was doing regional though, definitely top, probably ten, for sure, top ten. If I was thinking about like just like South rappers, he's not my top ten. You know, what I'm saying of overall yeah, rappers because yeah. I got everybody from different regions. Like in yeah, my I, yeah, thing, you like feel that. me? Like he's not one of them. Like the the guy from the South, I got in my top ten is like Scarface. You feel me? He's in my top. Uh, yeah. Okay, I get that part. I get. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Like, even if I was like, cause even like my top 10 East coast guys would be different from my top 10 also, because a couple guys that I would have from the East coast, just that region alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe they may be in my top 10 overall. Like, of course, obviously Nas is there. You feel me? But mm -hmm. like, 
I'm, I, you know, it's different when I do my overall. So, you know, but I yeah. get Luda. Luda is fire too, though. And especially because when you talk about his creative mind too and the shit mm -hmm. that he was on, like you said, like the way he was, he should be in the same conversations when it comes to like people like Buster and Missy. And you know Luda's a direct child from Buster, like. Direct. Both, like even like when they were saying, oh, why couldn't there be a versus a Buster and Missy? I like understood why Buster said no. But not saying breath, I'm like, nah, Buster. Like, outside of Missy, Luda would probably be the only next best one to truly be a good versus with you. But I say Missy in that point because, like, Missy deserves as much flowers as you do, Buster. Like, you two are probably, to me, the most, I won't say underrated because that's not the right word, but the most underappreciated, that's the word, the most underappreciated hip hop acts ever. Like, even Lil Wayne. Gives hella flowers to Missy because oh, Missy, I thought you was gonna say he's unappreciated. Oh no, 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 no. no Wayne, I, I, yeah. Lil Wayne gives his flowers to Missy because Missy, and he even said like was a major influence on him of how he started getting more, you know, theatrical in his shit. Mm -hmm. So it's like Missy has, and also Missy had her thumbprints all throughout R and B too. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like a lot of people Missy, don't know that Missy actually started in a group. Exactly. Like I remember, it was probably two years ago where I said, "You know what? I'm gonna go for a whole discography." Mm -hmm. Went from like, Super Duper Fly all the way, all the way through, and it was like, "Yo, there's so much shit that she did that we do nowadays mm -hmm. from like Timberland's sound and her shit that like I feel like people really don't understand." Yeah, and that like hurts me a bit. Missy's that one. Like before Nikki really emerged in like 2010 and on, and, and people want to be like, oh, there were other women. I'm like, no, bro. Was no not not Eve, not like I don't give a fuck who you trying to was nobody doing it like Missy out here, bro. That's a like, fact. And her accolades speak for itself. That is a fact, bro. Like, cause I know you could go with little Kim and you can go with Foxy and all that shit. Mm -hmm. Now, when Missy came out during the late nineties, it's about me. When she came out, like officially at the late nineties, going into that two thousands, she was the dominant woman in hip hop. Like, stop playing. She was the one. Facts, 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 bro. Up on hip hop like that, and I'm able to say that shit. Like, that's how you know how big. Of, like, and that's where I don't think people try to downplay me because, like I said, I didn't grow up on it. But if me, a kid who didn't not grow up on it, could say, like, no, Missy's impact was that big, mm. that should weigh a lot more on the head. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. It's like um, how all the football, no, how these Swifties are now watching football and trying to act like, ah, ah. And it's like, if they're able to peep out, like, say, how Kansas is, you know, getting helped by the refs, would you not think that means like, hey, this is way too obviously of a crazy impact happening here? Mm -hmm. So that's where I get at people like, if you're not really looking at it from a fully surround viewpoint. Yeah. You're actually missing the whole point <laughs> in regards to anything you try to get. That's a fact. Uh, But yeah, Missy, Major, um, Busta, ODB, Maxo, Fife. Yeah, that's basically the strong core. Okay. Uh, like pure influence because even when it comes to my emo shit like i said i grew up on rock music like i listened to like events and like, for metallica my chemical romance fallout boy you feel me i grew up mm. <laughs> i grew up 
So yeah, so but, not, bro, I ain't gonna front. That that my um, what is it? My beautiful uh, romance. What is it? Oh, my chemical romance. Yeah. No, but not no. What was the name? No, three cheers for revenge. Right. Oh yes, yes that's yes. the name of the album. Yeah, I know it's my chemical romance. I thought it was like my whatever something. But anyway, yeah. Oh, three cheers for revenge. I think that's the name of the album. That's their first one. That listen, love that album. Even on uh, what was it, Black Parade? I think it was. Yes, Black Parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that album too. Yeah, I, I, yo, listen, I was, I was fucking, with, I fucked with everything, bro. Everything, like I said, yo, I'm a huge music fan. Yeah. Oh shit. I, I even like some country music. Uh, okay, so this is how I always different <laughs> with country. I like country before nine eleven happened. Yeah, that's a fact. That's 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 the splitting point. Because a lot of the country I like is from the nineties, like you know, saying what my mom used to listen to. Mm-hmm, exactly. So that much better. With like people want to try to talk shit about hip hop, I'm like, bro, country music probably took the biggest L turn mm-hmm. ever. That's a fact. And uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, Lincoln Park. That was another. That was the next two. I was thinking in my head that I can't. Yeah, I love Lincoln Park. You know me recipes. Right. Oh man, that shit hurt. My niggas. Yeah, Lincoln Park. Chester. That was a big one. Uh, but outside like that, that was like my main influence. But then what really made me think like, oh, I could actually rap rap was like that 2016 blow up of like the Uzi. Or um, even though I didn't listen to Lil Peep like that, Lil Peep, um, I said essentially on uh Juice World where much more of my ilk was coming out through the woodworks. You feel me? Like that more melodically. Uh, rockish kind of sound that they were bringing forth mm-hmm. to where I was like, oh, so I do have a place in hip hop because, like, before them, and this is why I'm so happy, like, they are so in them, you know, got their music on Australian platforms more. Mm-hmm. And Tribe, you could kind of see Tribe's influence still, but it's not as heavy as it used to be, I feel. Is that like, feels weird in hip hop? Yeah, like still felt in hip hop in like the sense of like the kind of vibes they brought out, of where you don't have to be a full on street ass nigga to be out here doing hip hop or even trying to break through mainstream wise hip hop wise. Now I will say this: Uzi still is a hood ass nigga because you know North Philly. Anyone who been in North Philly, like yeah, 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 you know what it is. Yeah. Um. So like when people try to be like, oh, he's soft. I'm like. You guys ever been in North Philly? <laughs> like, have y'all yeah. like have y'all ever been to Germantown? Have you ever like you feel me? Just yeah, boy, don't like yo. And you know what it is too, bro. Because at the end of the day, like, and, and there's videos of him showing himself, like, like he ready to get popping. Like, there's videos of whatever. Yeah. Like, that nigga ain't pussy. Like, shout out to Uzi. Oh, that's my little nigga. I just don't fuck with like, his music like that. But you know, he's yeah. a good dude. I fuck with him though. Like uh, I used to like I like early Uzi. I didn't I, like mm-hmm. it kind of went away from me a little bit, but I really did fuck with him. And I fuck with his music. Like I said, and um not really, but oh shit. But and shout him because like I said, he seemed like a stand-up dude. You don't seem like hey, you ever hear about no shit like he's wilding out like on some reckless shit. You feel me? Like no kind of crazy cases. He good. Like, so shout yeah. out to black man, get that money. Like that's where, like, in my mental, I was like, oh, I can come out. Because even, like, I'll give Yachty his credit, too. Like, Yachty, mm-hmm. yo, if people actually listen to what Yachty be saying, 
that nigga be sliding. It took me a good minute to finally like really sit down, and listen, especially him putting out his newer music now. Nah, that boy, that boy put in his work for that pen. He, nah, he can't. Yadi, Yadi had a good year so far. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I'm not like huge on his shit, but he, the shit he dropped recently was pretty good for me. You know what I'm saying? I listened, of course, I listened to the song with Cole. So like, I ran to that shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay, let's hear this one. I listened to the shit he got with JID. That that yeah, was yeah. what. Which one? Um, the hold on, I got my phone right here. Cause um, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Yeah. Hold on, let me just double check. Yeah, Van Gogh because it was off the Black Boys Love EP because it was him and JID on one song down and the other song was him, JID and Baby Tron. Mm. And yo, and like to me in my head, I'm like, oh, he probably gonna get body or dragged by you know JID on some shit. But the fact that not only did like to me he of course held his own, but he matched with him too on some shit, and I was like, hold the fuck up, mm. when did this? Yachty come out with like just barring up body work on some shit. Nah, he trying to show niggas that he really could rap. Like, and that's something that, that I really enjoy. It's like once he got his money up, you know, got, you know, good cushiony, he's like, all right, now I'm about to bar these niggas up. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, that's the best way to do it. Like, oh, yeah, get, it, get that money get first and then you bar it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. Half doing dope. That's the other song. Van Gogh and Half Doing Dope. Okay. All right, I'll check them out, man. Yeah. Cause I think I probably did want to listen to I, I think I did run to that song too. I can't remember it right now, but I know I heard that one. But either way, yo, shout out to them. Um, so yeah, so all right, let me ask you a question though. So what was you ever like in a group at any point? Or you always been like a solo artist? So I do have my little click, which is where I said shout out to my boy Ja. Um, my little click is called Unapologetic. It's called what? Uh, it's me. Oh, my freezing boy out in South Dakota. Uh, oh. All right, yeah, you back. All right, what was you saying now? If it's freezing up, I got you. Um, I have my uh click unapologetic. Okay, um, we all been working together a bit, and now here, like, if you ever see the features on my project, predominantness of them is my people from unapologetic. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of my beats come from my is a aka Lil Hawk. Uh, shout out to him out in South Dakota. Uh, then we have D2 Code and Movie Malik stationed out in Griffin, Georgia. Then you have Joe coming out of Naptown in Indiana. And then there is me, Aphrodisia, I come from Germany. And we all together make Unapologetic. All right, shout out to all them brothers. Mm-hmm. All of them grind hard, put their work in, and we're all finally at a good space now where it's like, I, right, we could really, you know, push and run and run because so far it's been me dropping the most music, 
But whenever I do draw music, I do try to be like guys. I because they always because this is the one thing I really sometimes dislike is like y'all are so nice with it. Y'all have all this music in your vault. If you niggas don't be dropping this shit, because <laughs> like I get it, everybody wants to be od perfect with the shit when you know time and all that, and it's like bro. You could accidentally miss your time by not dropping shit because mm. you never know what truly is the one thing that's going to click for people. Mm. That's enough. I think yeah. I think you know sometimes that's why that that's why it's important to be diverse. You know, like to be mm-hmm. able to hit them with multiple different things. You know, um, and then you have of course like your your own core style that you want to stay true to. You know, so you actually and then sometimes. When you build a, a core fan base, that's the style that they expected for you. You know what I mean? So when mm-hmm. you do try to throw a lot of other shit, and sometimes people be like, "Ah, what's this shit you doing?" That's not what you was doing before. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But it's okay to ex- experiment and have fun with music too. That's the most important thing. No, that's real shit, and that's where a lot of like for me. So that's how I work out for myself. Um, I have a my abstract series mm-hmm. where it's more random thoughts run together to make this picture of what I'm trying to get out. Then I have my actual albums where those are my more concise stories put together to show whatever I'm trying to convey. Like the first main album I put out was Vibe Check, but for me, Vibe Check isn't even technically fully done, but because I was running against my own deadline, because I'm very strict on myself when it comes to releasing stuff. I know for a fact, if I don't (laughs) release something, then I'm probably going to end up sitting on shit and I don't like sitting on shit for too long. Yeah. You feel like it gets dated then. Yeah, exactly. Because me, like I said earlier, I love skits. That's one of my favorite things of hip-hop. Mm. And I was going to put skits in it. But by the time I got the mixing mastering down the songs, I was already up against the deadline to finish up the project in general. So I was like, ah, fuck the skits right now and just drop live check. Mm-hmm. My whole premise or idea of Vibe Check was to make it feel like a therapy session of where I'm talking to a therapist and that's where the song Rambling being the intro makes way more sense mm. because that would be me first opening up to the therapist and then, you know, going through. Now, obviously, it wouldn't be after every single song, you're hearing my voice talking to the therapist, but, you know, every couple of songs that were like, why do you feel you feel me to make a whole concise story to where it feels like you're in that therapy session with me. You're also trying to heal along with me with whatever, whatever you grasp and type shit. And yeah. with the next album that I'm trying to, well, not trying to, that I'm working on of really saying like, no, I'm definitely gonna have skits this time. Mm-hmm. I already found someone that I would love to be the voice for the therapist. And then uh, shout out the orchestrators, Big Reggie. Uh, he's going to be the one helping me sonically with it. Okay. So those are the two that I tab to really help me with it. To bring forth and show like my true artistry. Mm-hmm. Of it. Yes, I love sometimes just rapping a rap, but I also want to bring back that true art form of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like, people want to be like, oh, the kids these days don't have the attention span. It's like, no, it's not that they don't have the attention span. It's just that you're not doing it good enough or in a way that they would just literally sit there and really indulge in shit. Because you could put on 
like a DMX or a Kanye or even though not many people will, you know, really listen to that shit anymore. But you can put on those old albums that have skits and they will literally sit through it and listen because they're like, oh, mm. this is really cool. It's really interesting. You feel me? Like they love that shit. It's just that people try to downplay it sometimes. And it's like, bro, you fucking up. Mm-hmm. Nah, listen, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll, I'll go back and listen to some ODMX. Oh, yeah. Yo, and, and I listen to some OEA, too. Yeah, got some bangers, my nigga. Like, I think that was also a conversation that uh, shout out to Moisturized Kev, um, another Jersey artist I rock with heavy. Mm-hmm. He was like, or someone, or one of his friends rather said, like, they dislike how when someone does something really bad or wrong, or you don't agree with something that they did, all of a sudden that person can't rap or sing no more. Mm. Like, 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 bro, we like, I get it. Yes, the niggas ain't shit, won't be shit. Yeah, yeah. But if we're going to sit here and be like, oh, because of what Kanye did. Now, granted, I hate what Kanye has done, but to sit here and say, He's not that great of a producer to say he's not. Oh yeah, for sh- I'm like, like yeah, you, like you. Oh, like now, now you like you bugging, bro. Like I'm here with you saying like he's an ancient human being, this and a third. But you're gonna sit here and tell me he's not one of the greatest like producers of all. He's one of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 he's he's like a him with them. Like he's one of them. Like he is like Kanye. Like without a doubt. Like I don't care what people talk about. Like. With his personal life, what he got going on. If we just talking musically, Kanye's one of those guys. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like when of all bring time, Quincy of all Jones time. type shit. I'm like, yeah, Kanye belongs up in that kind because Quincy definitely got some scumptions in his closet. But you see motherfuckers players of him every day, like, like let's like you feel me? Let's keep that same energy. If we're, like we're gonna go through everybody, we're gonna go through everybody. Like that's it. Facts, facts, and. And I also feel like that ends up is no, no, not really, because there are people that deserve, you know, the standard that they get. Mm-hmm. Yet when we start taking away, like the side that for the reason like we do know them, a lot of the music, that in a sense to me start taking away recipes for certain things, mm-hmm. because so because so I was also a media major in college. So I was watching a bunch of, you know, old films and a movie that highly still influences how we make movies nowadays is Birth of a Nation. Mm. If you know what Birth of a Nation is, mm. you know how racist and fucked up that movie is. Yeah. Yet, it's still held up as a highly toted film that gave way to what the film industry is nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people can sit here and say, yeah, that's an awful movie. But in that same light, in academia, it still get praised for that. So I remember sitting in that class looking at this shit like, yo, there's some fucked up twisted shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still, like, I get the impact of it did, but it's still just like, that's some twisted fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, if yeah. they're able to do a separate shit, now, granted, I of course I'm my own moral lines. Like R. Kelly, no fuck that nigga. I will never listen to shit again because uh, yeah, that's for me, that crossing my moral. You know what I mean? 
when it comes to Kanye, it's like, okay, yes, he is an ancient human, completely destroyed or denied his impact on it. If that makes sense. Mm. Hey, hold on. You're freezing up again. So for me, it's when I like even my other friend said, but like my friend said the other day, it's like she hates how people nitpick about how people will slander one person for one thing and let someone be their favorite, do that same exact action. They want to, you know, brush it away and say like, oh, no, nah, ain't whatever. But what's then the next fucking person that they don't like for the same shit. So it's like. No, that's certain shit I don't forgive, period, no matter who did it. You know what I'm saying? And we not even going to be, you know, but there's just certain things I wouldn't forgive, you know? Um, exactly. Especially if you my, like friend or or even like a celebrity like if you've done some fucked up shit i ain't following you no more like i ain't supporting that bullshit that's not how we get down you know what i mean exactly. um but and thank god that none of the ones i love got any of that extra shit right now you know we all yeah, yeah they're good they good right boy, now <laughs> boy that that'd be that every time i see some some like yo did you hear about this in, in my heart i'm like please god that's why with Kanye, I was like, nah, bro, I can't, I can't. I'm Yo, not did you see the recent shit about him talking about um Nas and him? Like he was saying, like how um damn, what was his exact words? He he was saying that Nas, like he was flowing off a beat on purpose on the cop um cop shot the kid on that album that they dropped together. Oh, he was yeah. saying that he was like he was pissed off because like Nas didn't um like he wanted to do the video. And Nas then he said nah at first, and then he went ahead and he did the video without Kanye and didn't even call him. Like he was tight that he's like, mm-hmm. how you do a fucking video without me? Like, so I don't know. This this some leak shit that came out. You know, like, he was talking about Cardi, talking about she was an industry plant, like he was like Illuminati shit. Yeah, this nigga was going off. I'm like, this nigga, yeah, is always doing some sick. Yo, I'm like, but I fuck with this nigga though, son. <laughs> this nigga always yo. I like oh, that it. crazy shit, but I don't, I don't, I was, yo, listen here, yeah, yo, you my nigga and everything, but you gotta relax on, hold, fall back a little bit off the guy, you know what I'm saying, go, nah, you heard, stop playing, like, relax <laughs> a little bit, you know what I mean, like, y'all yeah. didn't get that magic because y'all didn't get that magic, you ain't do what him and Hit just did, you feel me, like, oh, another nigga that deserves hella credit, Hit Boy, oh, fag, dog, I swear, like, Hearing his production and how it has grown and blown up the way it has, like, like that shit, that it's art. What he be doing now, it's it's just art. It's not even music anymore. Like, of course, music is art, but you know what I was like, it just hit that next level of like, damn, like his project that he put out with his dad. Mm-hmm. He also put just the instrumentals on that same shit. So like, after I hear the songs, I listen to the instrumentals and just to hear how he put this shit together, and I'm like. He different. I'm like, bro, who, like, how do you even hear the certain things you hear to get it like this? Like, mm-hmm. like, when motherfuckers have that truly musical ear and gift, it's like, it's, it's just too beautiful. And that's something that I love about hip hop because, as anyone knows from the birth of hip hop, none of the motherfuckers were like musically trained for real, for real. Yeah. So, like, just that, to have that overall ear to hear something and be like, wait, stop that. Take that little bit sampling wise, hit it a little differently, whether you're pitching it up, down, 
putting stamp, putting the eight away placement. Ah, ah, and you're like, like that's just like when that's I see that, that's what it is. You don't have that's like that's like back in the day they had that PR teams. You know what I'm saying? They had you know what I'm saying the A and R's. They was really in, in with it with these clients. You know, so mm -hmm. with you know with the with the talent. Whether yeah. you're a rapper, R&B, whatever the case it be, you know, saying they was they was on their asses. No, a lot of them still got away with some shit though. We ain't go front, but like oh, yeah. we gonna we gonna act like they ain't. But you know, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, though, know, you know, um, training is going for that shit. That's what I feel like. Yeah, like a lot of people just try to go on YouTube and figure the shit out, and it's like, bro, nah, mm. like you gotta literally sit down. And that's how I learn best too. Cause I want to get into production too but because i couldn't find something that would literally sit down with me and help me figure it out fully because that's how i learn better i learn better by someone being there with me to like i don't want to say overly critique me but just like be like oh no nah, if you do it like this and i'll be like, oh, you. Like, yeah like real casual with the shit with me that's how i learn best mm -hmm. so let me ask you a question top five producers uh, well you already know i'm gonna put kanye up there mm -hmm. so okay Kanye tip. Hit boy of recently made his way. Oh, I'm gonna throw in um DJ J Hood. Shout out to Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um who's finding that fuck Actually. I don't know. Like I got a couple in there that I'm. There, there, it's a, it's a battle between two because I put DJ J Hood up in my five K. You know, I got to put one jersey motherfucker up in that bit. But there's like two others that I'm battling with. And I'm like, I take out anyone else, but I'm not taking. Uh, you know what? This all right. I put Pharrell the Neptunes. I put Neptunes at five. It was between him really? and Tim's. Yeah. Oh, damn you! So you ain't had Jay Dilla in there. Nah, nah, as much. Even though that, even though you feel me, I feel like Jay Dilla also belongs top five too. But then it's like, because like I said, I said ye to DJ J Hood. Oh, wait, did I only say that's only, yeah, Neptune's. That's five. That's five. Yeah, okay. Um, tip, um, yay. Who else did you say? I said DJ J Hood. Then I said Neptune's with Pharrell. That's why, yeah, if I didn't say, because it wouldn't be Jay Dilla. It would probably because when I think like the overly sonically sounds that I really love, or like that futuristic kind of thing mixed with jazz, mm. it would be between Tim's and um Pharrell Neptunes in mm. that sense. Like right. believe me, I do love Dilla and our new jobbies. You feel me? Like I get them. Mm. You know, they're high present flowers. Yeah, I never really no no that's a lot. I did listen to like their projects, of course, but I never listened to listen to them the same way I listened to the other five I just said. Mm. Okay. Like when it came to like DJ J Hood, I me growing up in Jersey, I listened to Jersey Club growing up my whole life. Facts, so, of course. That makes so sense. That, yeah, so that for me is like a childhood thing with me. Mm. Uh, and it's also why I get mad at niggas that be like, oh, Philly brought Omega Jersey Club sound. I'm like, no, bro. Jersey Club been like, 
You could go on YouTube right now and fight and see motherfuckers from 05, 06, 06 doing the same shit y'all niggas doing. Like, nah, bro, y'all, y'all not like that. Stop. <laughs> um, but I was talking. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, who your top five rappers? So, mm-hmm. like I said, Pipe Dog's my goat. Mm-hmm. We got Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. My top five is the craziest top five ever. So I'm going. I'm going to prepare you for that right now. That's cool. So those, I got you. So, so those who are like the norms, and when I was in high school around my senior year. That was where um, I listened to Charles Gambino a lot. Because, like I said, there wasn't many non-street-based-ass motherfuckers really out-out like that, especially mm-hmm. on, like, a major whatever level. But then Bino kind of semi-broke through there. And I listened to him a lot through, like, through my senior year of high school into, like, my freshman year and sophomore year of college for him. So he slid into my top five like that because like for me that was another guy who was like his authentic self to a good extent mm-hmm. and was like man fuck these motherfuckers that think i'm not nice like that i'm going show on these niggas mm-hmm. and he did in many different areas where motherfuckers really can't tell <laughs> <laughs> feel me uh, oh that's someone else i want to also put up there too like even though he's not a rapper but jamie fox though he should also get way more praise in my sense too. Oh yeah, That's Jamie. Cool. Yeah, he dropped two incredible R and B albums. Mm. Was out here playing Ray fucking Charles. Even played with Ray Charles when he was still breathing. Like, I'm mm. sorry, y'all. Give this man his. Um. So that's one, two, three. My top I be changing ever so often. After those three, like it's interwoven for the last two of whoever. You know what? I'm trying to think who 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 is such the oh black thought the okay offer cool. the roots love them through and through. Another great high influence. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's a fight that I be fighting motherfuckers all day. Like, whenever they want to say, like, Eminem's the greatest, there's no one that could touch. I'm like, have you ever heard of Black Thought? And they'd be like, who? I'm like, all right, that's what I thought. Get the yeah. fuck out of my Like, as soon as I figure out they don't know who Black Thought is, that's like, yeah, nah. You, your take and hit dead to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Black Thought. Yeah, then I'll have to put Missy. Missy to round out that five. Missy. Missy? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a, that's a pretty good one. That's very, like, different from, you know what I'm saying, the obvious answers I hear a lot yeah. of times. But I like that. I respect it, too. I respect it. That's your top five personally. That's dope, man. You know? And and I guess I can see a lot of the influences where, people, where, where the locations is at and everything, too. So, yeah. you know. Um... <clears throat> so yeah, I just got like a couple more questions and then we can get ready to get out of here because I gotta get ready, you know, pack up, get ready, fly oh, yeah. up tomorrow, you know. So but either way, my brother, um, so yeah, so what's next for you right now? 
so you next drop your recent project in August, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So are you doing shows and stuff like that? Uh, no shows yet, but I am working on trying to get some shows done here and there in the local area. Mm-hmm. But that's ground work being laid out. Uh, the name of the project is Abstract for um level up. Mm-hmm. Which for me, like I said before, with the abstract series, it's basically a quick little set into what my brain kind of works and how it looks like in it. So with level up, it was like, okay, now that I kind of figured out who I am a bit more and I know how I like the sound, now I'm really about to start freaking on you niggas. Mm-hmm. So my next solo based project at least is gonna be the misadventures of an Oreo. <laughs> is the what? The, uh, the misadventures of an Oreo. Cause like I said um earlier in the interview, where I wasn't allowed to listen to hip hop, I grew up listening to rock a lot. A lot of kids growing up would call me like an Oreo and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Or like chocolate or some shit because like what you mean you don't listen to hip-hop? You're black. Like, oh. And I'm like, oh, okay then. <laughs> so for me, my next project is literally called The Misadventures of an Oreo, mm-hmm. which is basically my ready to die. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because like I said, I was born September 13th, which is, I was born September 13th, 1994, mm-hmm. which is the day Biggie dropped ready to die. Mm. So that literally is like the album of my life. <laughs> and it makes sense though. Yeah. And then also, like I said, the best and worst in hell because, you know, when I turned two, Tupac died. So it's like, damn, bro. <laughs> That's fucking great. Like, you don't know none of Pac when he was alive. Exactly. I'm like, damn, bro. I was just damn, yo, that was a different time when Pac and Big is alive. Like, and because even after they had, you know, their tragic deaths. Um, yeah. they still was popping for a very long time. They still popping now, you know what I'm saying? That's like especially right to the But like when their music was still thriving, like around the early two thousands too. Like they still was mm-hmm. dropping shit, you know, thanks to Puffy ass, you know what I'm saying? And whoever had Tupac's all uh, fucking music and shit, probably yeah. with Suge. Probably. But either way, yeah, that was cool. Uh, so yeah, Mr. Avenger Oreo. Like I said, I got Reggie tabbed as the main producer for that music, like sonically, and then I have my homie doing um the voice for the therapy for the therapist because that was the whole idea of my um uh, projects is that I wanted to feel like a semi therapy session, mm. yet in that same breath, I want to still create good vibe and music in that sense. Because mm. I feel like that could be both healing, but also fun and energetic. Because like the whole premise of like my thought is like, I'm taking the influence from what Andre did with Hey Ya. Mm. Like, Hey Ya, you be dancing, bumping to, but if you really listen, what the fuck that nigga saying? That nigga depressing shit. That nigga, that nigga was crying for a hey <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, motherfuckers are turning the fuck up. So it was like, if I could take that, like, instance of it mm-hmm. and like basically make it a project I like I see no stop to that shit mm-hmm. now for you niggas who are probably listening and be like damn this nigga's on to something hey give me my flowers niggas you feel me I see y'all <laughs> but so so 
my final question for you is mm-hmm. what do you want people to take away from your music when you you know when they listen to it like how do you what do you want to be you know get their, their thoughts to be like yo how do you uh this guy's amazing or i love his ear like with his music you know what i mean like of course they want you you want them to think you're amazing and everything but like yeah. sonically and everything what do you, what do you what kind of message are you giving them To be your fucking self, bro. Mm. Like that's why I've created unapologetic, and why I push my friends a lot. When for those that are serious about music, it's like, bro, hip hop was created to be your indiv- individual self. I hate, 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 like I really had a fallout with a dude because he's like, hey, have you ever tried writing exactly the same way as like whoever, whatever? And I'm like, you don't know what hip hop is, and like he caught a whole attitude with me over that. I was like, no, bro. That's like, like for me being the true hip hop motherfucker that I am or grew into be, hip hop for me is about individuality. Mm-hmm. It's about being your true authentic self. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really want people to really understand that I'm being my purely unfiltered, unadulterated self. Every time I touch a mic, every time I step in the booth, every time I say some words, this is my true, brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. That's why every time I be on a song, like, I say, like, this is my therapy. This shit, you feel me? This shit is my art. This shit is literally me tearing my heart open, mm-hmm. putting it on the platter and saying, this is aphrodisiac. Because aphrodisiac, at the end of the day, is something that's going to make you feel something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to do is make you feel something. Whether it's joy, sadness, falling in love, just anything. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of pressure I want to put on people. That's dope, man. That's dope. And you know why? Because... I think we need more of that in this world. Like people who want to just tell, you know, saying be yourself, of course, obviously, and just, you know, express themselves no matter what the, you know, saying the critics are going to say about them. Like you got to be brave. Like even with me doing this, you know, my podcasting and everything, you know, like I'm just being myself and I'm having a good time, you know what I'm saying? Like if it, if it sticks, that's great. But either way, I'm going to continue to do my shit because I enjoy doing this, you know, it's fun, you know, for me. Like it's also therapeutic too, you know, like, had a nice little stressful day, came over here, you know, we did this, you know what I'm saying? I'm feeling a lot better now, you know, I'm high now, you know what I'm saying? I'm good, you know, oh. I'm, I'm chilling now, you know? And I'm glad that you was able to join me today too, my brother, man. So listen, oh. tell the people where they could find you at and everything like that. Uh, so, aphrodisiac spelled A-F-R-O-D-E-Z-S-I-A-K, aphrodisiac, on all streaming platforms, YouTube, Apple Music, Deezer, Spotify, you name it, I'll be there. Um, YouTube, same thing, Aphrodisiac. Uh, oh, I will be working on more music videos and visuals soon. So that will be on the way. Um, shout out to my boy, Steph. He's the one that I've been, you know, bouncing ideas off of with. And he said, yeah, we can get something going. Mm, that's dope. Uh, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. if you want to find me on IG, it is unapologetic13, spelled U N A P A U L O W J E T I K, and then number 13. Mm. All right, all right, man. Yo, listen. So, yo, like I said, it was a pleasure having you on, my brother. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll see you in the group, man. Of course, my man. All right, man. Peace. Peace.